We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. Hi, my name is Jess, and I have the honor and privilege of being a worship leader here. Um, it is truly a joy to lead you all in worship and to be a part of this family. Um, so my name is Jess. I have some friends with us today, and um, these are a few of our elders at the church, and I want to give each of them an opportunity to introduce themselves, how long they've served on the board of elders, and then um, we'll get started from there. So how about we start on this side with Ron and Jan? My name's Jan Brunk, like drunk, only with a B. <laughs> she, she got that from me. Um, I'm Ron, and uh, Jan and I have been, uh, we've been elders for about three years, and we've been in this church about eight years. I'm Joe Hill, and my lovely wife, LaVon, is down here somewhere. Uh, I'm an elder of about two years plus, and I've been attending this church for, I'm going to say, about seven years. And my name is Beverly, and I belong to this fine young gentleman over here. So uh, my name is Don Kelly, and uh, we have been on the eldership team since September. So uh, we're, we're youngsters. Awesome. Thank you for taking time to do that. I wanted them to introduce themselves because some of us, myself included, are newer to the house. And I think it's really important for us to know the faces of those who are helping lead the body here. Um, leading with and alongside Pastor Lance and MT. And there are also faces that you can connect to and find out and about, whether here or in town. Um, there are leaders as well. And so I just wanted to be able to put a name to the faces so now you know um, who your elders are. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. They're ready and willing to meet any of you that haven't had the opportunity to meet yeah. them yet. We had a couple others represented this morning as well, so be sure to give them a nice hello. But obviously, this is a little different than probably what you expected. Um, we're not preaching because I don't, well, you might be. Is anybody like ordained preacher, theologian, kind of, <laughs> well, we're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, what we're going to do today is we're just going to have a casual conversation and with you, with each other, but really we wanted to create kind of a small group at home setting to where we could just casually talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, for some of us, this is a topic that we know very well. We've been walking with God for a long time. We know about the Holy Spirit, but for some of us, this can be kind of a sensitive subject, whether that comes out of timidity of the spooky, scary, unseen Holy Ghost, or maybe you've even had some experiences that have wounded you because the Holy Spirit was used in a wrong way against you or otherwise. There's a lot of different stories in this room, and so what we want to do is just have a conversation, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, and basically show you that the Holy Spirit is not scary. He's uncontainable. He is the Spirit of God but yet he is also the spirit of God, our friend, our father, our leader, our protector, our teacher, our peace, our, you know, the list, the list goes on. He is a friend. And so we're common people with common stories that many of you would relate to. And we wanna speak to how the Holy Spirit works amongst common people doing common 
everyday things. So to kick us off, I'm gonna start on this side with Mr. Kelly. And the question I want to ask each of us is, what is your church background? Like where did you go to church as a kid if you went to church? How was the Holy Spirit taught? And what was your understanding in the beginning? So I was raised in a little town in uh, north central Montana and uh, grew up in a Roman Catholic church. There were three churches in our little town. And um, so from the time I was a little kid, I was aware of uh, God and, and the idea of the Trinity and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and of course, Catholics, uh, we always appreciated. You see it out on the football uh, field because the Catholics have something they can do after they score a touchdown. <laughs> the, the Protestants, they had to <clears throat> kind of... But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't really taught as uh, specific as, or else uh, I wasn't paying attention, but, but, and that's a real distinct possibility. But uh, anyway, uh, we did uh, encounter the idea of the Trinity and not so much the person and, and certainly not the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I was raised in um, the United Church of Canada, and my parents went there, and I can remember as a little girl, I would go and I would think, seriously, there has to be more to church than this. And I can remember as a little girl, now looking back, I know it was the hand of God on my life, but I can remember thinking, I would go to church myself and think, God, I, I think we're supposed to know you, but this is not cutting it. And so when I was 15 years old, my parents um, started going to a Bible study, and it's there that they met Jesus, and then they were able to lead me to the Lord. And a year later, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it changed my life forever, and that was 50 years ago. And so I am going strong with Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. As a young lad, I was raised up in a very small town in Northern California, <clears throat> and there was a Methodist church in town, so we went to church because everyone went to church. It wasn't a big deal. It was just we'd go and listen to the Bible stories, but I don't remember the Holy Spirit. Maybe I was too young uh, at that point, and uh, we, it was only five or six years, and then I was kind of on my own until about 25 when, when Jesus rescued me. And um, at that point, we were connected, my wife and I were connected to uh, a spirit-filled church, that, that Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, it was all active. And so for 15 years, I was able to attend a church like that. And so that was my real church upbringing uh, as an adult. And I grew up in, in the church as well. I grew up in a, in a very Pentecostal kind of uh, lively church. And so the Holy Spirit was, was present in that church um, in you know, one of the manifestations is speaking in tongues. And so that happened in our church out loud um, and, and quite often, pretty regular, pretty regular by the same people. Um, and then there was interpretations of those tongues that happened, and they were usually by the same people. And so as I grew and up into my you know, very wise teenage years, I, I questioned a lot of that. I questioned the church. I questioned the, the, the realness of it, and, and, and then walked away from the church for a number of years. And uh, it was years later when I came 
back to the Lord, um, you know, kind of rediscovered that, that Jesus is real and the Holy Spirit is real. It, it was uh, many years later when I actually received some teaching. I think if there was any teaching of the Holy Spirit in those early years, I didn't get it. Like Don said, I don't know, maybe I wasn't listening, but I, I don't remember ever being taught about the Holy Spirit. I just remember seeing manifestations of it. Makes you appreciate the teaching of Pastor Lance, really. Um, so my religious training was virtually unchurched because my dad was a park ranger in national parks and there were no churches. So I had some random, very random Christian teaching um, throughout my life, but it wasn't until Ron and I were married and moved to Whitefish that um, we got in a church family. And it was a church that was a, a Bible-believing church. It was um, the Holy Spirit was recognized, but not highlighted or promoted as, as the power force, if you will, in um, our lives. But I read the Bible, and I found that there was benefit in praying in the Spirit. So I questioned our pastor because I needed all the benefits I could get. And so they came over to our house and they prayed that I would receive that um, Holy Spirit. But it wasn't called being baptized in the Spirit, but that's what it was. Uh, before we move on, just really quick, if you have the reference, great, or paraphrase it, that's fine too, because again, we're not theologians up here. Um, what is the verse reference um, that encouraged you to even desire to, to pray in tongues? Do you remember what it was? You can paraphrase oh. it. You don't have to find oh, it. Oh, no, I don't. But you know what? There are five reasons or benefits of um, speaking in tongues. And one is for revelation, mm. 1 Corinthians 2.12 for our benefit, Romans 8.20, uh, when we are weak, Romans 8.26, and Jude 20. It's part of the armor of God, Ephesians 6.18, and also to edify ourselves. So 1 Corinthians 14.4, Thank you. Four, you're Thank welcome. you. I wanted to ask that because, um, yeah, you can give it up for... <laughs> You are a theologian now. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times, like, we're going to hear some things in our conversations that are going to kind of strike us and go, hmm, is that real? Or, hmm, where does it say that? Or, ooh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And so I wanted to ask the question to invite you to ask some questions. When you feel that rise up, write it down and take some time in your prayer time to ask God to reveal the truth to you but also write down those questions because in the coming weeks, Pastor Lance isn't done preaching on the Holy Spirit and specifically regarding um, baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit for ministry. And so there's going to be things that are mentioned today, but to learn more, you're going to need to come back because Pastor Lance is going to teach on that. But also it's time for you to explore. You know, you can own this journey and it doesn't have to be uncomfortable when you have a question. Just go to God. He's kind. He's patient. He's willing to give you the answers. And so I just wanted to leave that out there. Um, before we continue, I'll share my upbringing. I was a ranch kid. My 
family believed in God. We didn't really talk much about the Trinity. I knew God existed because he created all things and we took care of the things that he created. I knew that Jesus loved me because I had a baby doll that would wind up and then play it back, that Jesus loves me, this I know. Um, so I knew that, but to know God didn't happen until much later in life. Um, my dad was the first one who committed his life to Christ and he started taking us to church um, when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And it was still that, I don't know, God's real, but what is this kind of thing? And the church that we went to had said in youth group that if you didn't speak in tongues, then you were not truly saved. And that kind of like, I don't want to be a part of that <laughs> if it's going to exclude me. Because it's just not true either that like to be saved you believe in Jesus, you, re you repent of your sins, accept Christ as your savior, and put your faith in him and follow him all the days of your life, and it's done. And with that, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And so Ron, just really quickly, for people who may not have been here, or maybe this is a newer concept, this Holy Spirit, who are we talking about, and what does he do? Well, I think we, we've alluded to it earlier, Mary Terrell did, the Holy Spirit is part of God. You know, so God is a, a plural. There's a Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, and it's in your book. If you don't have a book, get, get one of these books and read about it. But the, the Bible Holy, yeah, The Bible, the Bible book. book, yeah, the book. <laughs> um, but the Holy Spirit is part, you know, it's part of God, and we talk about you know, hearing from God or hearing from Jesus, but how we usually hear that, it's, it's the Holy Spirit in us that's, that speaks to us or gives us some word or some impression. And, and Jesus said, you know, when he, when he left, he you know, was here and walked on the earth, but when he left, he said he was leaving, you know, so it's good that I go so that, I can, that the Holy Spirit can come, so that the Holy Spirit could come and be with each one of us and guide us and, and give us, you know, the, 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 the wisdom and the knowledge that we need to walk through our day and make those decisions. So the Holy Spirit, he's our counselor, he's our comforter, uh, counselor, our comforter, he's our guide. He, he does so many things and he's, he's in each one of us who's accepted Christ. We just need to recognize him. And I was going to add one thing, I just thought of this recently that I remember uh, that Lance taught on this once before and taught about the Holy Spirit and he had a radio up here on the, on the platform to illustrate. He says the Holy Spirit is always speaking. It's just whether we're tuned in or not. And the radio, you know, those stations are playing. The, the radio waves are there, but are we tuned in? And, and we just need to tune into the Holy Spirit because he's there. He's speaking yeah. to us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is tuning in and how to tune in and how do I know I found the right channel? You know, how do I know that I'm actually listening to God and it's not like bad food that I ate or something like bad dreams. Um, it's actually the Spirit of God. So that's a conversation we're going to dive into. Um, I want to start with Joe, first and foremost. If you would share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and how your first encounter with the Holy Spirit and how you knew it was Him. This one's a little rough, and it was 40 years ago, so <laughs> stay with me. <laughs> uh, you know, I was uh, at 25 years old. I was a family man, a carpenter. Uh, and a, a whiskey-drinking bar brawler. So that was my life. And um, so uh, at, the, at, the, at some point, to, to keep my wife and family, I had to go, she suggested I go see our pastor uh, that married us, which was the only time I was in church uh, when we got married. And so it was a Tuesday afternoon, and they weren't having church. He just opened the church, and we met, and he said, uh, you know, I said, hey, listen, I, I don't want all this stuff. 
I just need this monkey off my back. I don't want to drink anymore. I just need to be clean. And, um, and he said, well, I can help you with that. Uh, I'll introduce you to the one that will take all that away. I'm like, great, let's get in the truck and go. And he's like, no, 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 he's right here. I'm like, well, it's just you and me, bro. So what do you, so um, <laughs> I really, truly didn't understand. Uh, so I went through the sinner's prayer, and I was like, okay, check the box off, went home. Uh, and a week later, uh, I was doing what I did. I was having a drink with my brother and smoking some pot. And, um, and, I, and I, I, I started shaking uncontrollably and hyperventilating like I've never done before and never done after. And, and I stopped all at once, and my fingers were all curled up, and my drink was empty. It was all over. And, um, and I heard him tell me, for the first time I heard his voice, he said, if this is the way it will be, then this is the way it will be. And it scared me, because I knew exactly what he was talking about. I was, I was headed for destruction. It was going to be the end for me. Um, so that's, that's the first time I heard the Holy Spirit in my life and how he was saying, and that was only a week into being a believer. So he was making some quick corrections. <laughs> yeah, he really got your attention. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you for sharing that. And can we just thank Joe for yeah. being vulnerable and sharing your testimony? <clears throat> because what, what I love about stories and testimonies and sharing where we've been and where we've come and what God's done in our lives is it, it just kind of levels the playing field for everybody. Like, if, if this is something you're struggling with, know that you're not alone and it's not impossible to come through and God is on your side and he's going to see you through it. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Now, one thing I want to talk about in regards to your story is some people can hear a story like that and as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, he says, the Lord said to me, I felt him say, I heard him say, and some of us might take a step back and go, whoa, but did you, you were drinking, you were high. How do we know that that was the voice of God? How do we know that was the Holy Spirit in you and not just substance working its course, you know? And so I'm going to take it to this side of the room. If Don or Miss Beverly, if you want to speak to that, how do you discern the voice of God. Well, you know, I think it's like as we walk in relationship, and I think it was referred to here, that as we walk in relationship, we begin to feel that still small voice in our heart, that little tug. It's not like when God speaks to us, he comes with a big hammer and says, listen, Bev, go here, do this, do this. But we feel that still small voice. He also speaks to us through that convicting power. And, and just like we know what we're doing is not pleasing to God. And I just think that the more in tune we can be, like we have to stay in step with the Spirit. When I received Christ, it was, um, I was so filled and I was so delighted. I mean, I had eternal life, salvation. A about a year after that, I started to feel this emptiness again. And I said, God, what, you know, what is this? And someone ministered so gently and so sweetly that I could, that Jesus had another gift for me. And that gift was the Holy Spirit. And um, so I just encourage you to be open to the Holy Spirit. He is gentle. He is loving. He knows you. He formed your innermost being. He formed your thoughts. So he knows how to work in my heart. I have to 
to be just willing to be obedient and listen. And sometimes that's a hard part, but it's worth it. So one of the things that we do, because we, we get, uh, sometimes we speak Christianese, and uh, it's not a language that people on the street have learned. And so we'll talk about, boy, I was on fire. <laughs> Everybody's saying, well, put him out, you know. And, and so we'll say things like that. And we'll say, just like Joe, you know, because it's easy. We say, well, I heard God speak. Well, <clears throat> as a mental health therapist, I'm thinking, okay, you know, uh, schizophrenia, I'm hearing voices. You know, but the truth is, is that we do hear him speak and, and generally not audibly. Uh, that would be God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth he speaks to as as they have said and Beverly just said is he speaks to us uh, inside and we just hear that and and one of the things that's important to know is that he will never say something to us that is contrary to his word and so it's imperative that we become people who are reading the book uh, and and that we listen to the book, and the book reads us, and then the other is that he won't ever tell us anything that is contrary to his nature, okay? And you won't know his nature until you uh, know him. I love that, and I want to expand on that, that the Holy Spirit, knowing him, it's like a relationship, Yes. right? So the things that we can do to get to know the character of God is to spend time in his word, to read about his character and um, earlier in the 9 a.m. it was said you know I want to know God so clearly that when someone speaks wrongly about him I can correct them you know yeah. I want to know the character of God just like my best friend if somebody says oh that so-and-so she's such a gossip and it's like well it's but she's not. I know her. That's not her character. So you must not know her too. You know, I want to know God like that. And so the first and foremost way to do that is to get into the word. And then um, to expand on that, how else can we get more familiar? Like what are some just practical, practical tips? Well, I think uh, really getting used to knowing him and, and, it, and it starts with knowing Jesus personally as your savior. The Bible says that nobody can come to the Father except that he draws them. Well, he draws us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we don't, we're unaware of it. For me, I, I grew up as a, a, a good Irish Catholic boy, and, and that was, we drank and fought, and that was what we, Irish, Irish Catholics were supposed to do. And, and so then I uh, went to college and uh, got introduced to some other substances, and uh, got really quite wasted and we're sitting around this house listening to Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild album, smoking weed, a lot of it, and having discussions about God. There were some other good Catholic boys uh, there. <laughs> so in the middle of that, I... I hear this and it was lyrics in this song don't be crying should you stumble don't give up should you fall keep on searching for the pathway that will lead you through the wall and I, I had this sense that there is something that I, I have missed and uh, this guy that was in religious studies uh, he gave me a, a little book called Good News for Modern Man well <clears throat> I didn't realize it was a, the New Testament in modern English 
And so I started reading this thing, and it was pretty darn good. And uh, so I went home uh, for the summer, and the neighbor boy, I knew he had got religion. And his name was Bob Mulberg, and, and Bob, many of you guys probably know Bob Mulberg because he lived in the valley here forever. But uh, Bob told me I could have a personal relationship with God by inviting Christ into my life, and I did. Uh, he, well, he prayed. I watched him because I was used to people doing kind of weird things around me. So while, while he prayed, it was right there in the living room, you know, and <clears throat> we prayed before meals and in the dark, but, or if you were in trouble. So I went, to, I went to college that fall. I was going to be a, a deputy sheriff or a law enforcement officer. That was my heart's dream. And I uh, uh, tried to be good. But what I realized is that I wasn't very good at being good. And I felt like now that I was a Christian, I was supposed to be good. And, and I tried. And I went to a little church. This guy took me to a church. And the pastor got up there and he preached, you know, that you were not supposed to drink smoke or chew or run with girls that do you know that kind of thing and it made me mad uh, because I, I, I was better at being bad than being good and I was really frustrated and, and I finally I just gave up I just said I'm done and I actually shook my fist toward heaven and I said leave me alone and uh, I just commenced to get stoned for the next five months straight and uh, at the end of that summer, I came back home to uh, Sunburst, Montana. I was out driving combine. And uh, I, I uh, felt the presence of God. I, and I can't explain what exactly that feels like, but it was, it was like I was trying to get into my combine driving. And I could feel his presence on me. And uh, I felt like God said, time's up. It was almost like he grabbed me by the back of the coveralls and he said, time's up. And what are you going to do? And you're going to choose me or, or, or keep doing what you're doing? And I felt like he said, if, if you, uh, it's just kind of like what, what you were experiencing, Joe. It just I felt like he said, he's going to kill me. And I don't know if, if I was just because I was so stoned or, or what, but... But it was, it was real to me in that moment. And I said, okay, you know, I'll choose you. And so I'm driving combat. I'm thinking, what am I going to do next? And I think, well, I'm going to, uh, well, I, I have quite a bit of stash, so I'm going to have to sell it. So I thought, because I, I, I felt like God was saying I couldn't use the drugs, but <clears throat> I better sell them. And, and then I uh, kind of, he, he argued with me about that. And it wasn't much of an argument. <laughs> so I went to town on Friday night to get some smokes. And uh, I didn't realize what had happened on Wednesday night. Because that was when I, it was a Wednesday night. I don't know why churches, they, you know, this Wednesday night. Beverly was in a Bible study up in Coots, Alberta. And while they were there that night at 8 o'clock on that Wednesday night when I was having this conversation with God, they were praying <clears throat> for Don Kelly to get saved or delivered or something. And I come in and, and uh, these, uh, Bob Malberg and my brother Doug and this pastor, he was an immigration inspector. They were praying for this other guy. And I sat over there watching them and blowing smoke rings. And 
And uh, that guy escaped, and they turned on me, and they said, can we pray for you? And I said, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, thanks. Well, they didn't listen. And they came over, and the pastor said something about that spirit, and it was associated with I, I, I was in bondage and it was associated with the drugs that I'd been taking and I, I just sensed the Lord speaking to me to humble yourself and I said Lord humble me and he said get, get, out of, get on your knees and I slipped out of the chair and put my nose into the carpet and I bawled like a baby uh, it was like 15 minutes and I, I was so embarrassed I was 21 years old and I knew everything and I look up and these guys weren't looking at me with condemnation or judgment or anything. They were just looking at me with love and I felt the love of God. And I, and I tried to explain to them what was going on but I couldn't talk. I just kind of babbled and that was my uh, real encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was, and I realized that walking with God by the Spirit is not self-reformation. I could not have lived the life that I have lived over the last 50 years without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus told him, don't leave Jerusalem until you get power from on high, Luke 24 and 49. And that's what happened in that day, that night in Sunburst, Montana, as I got some power and God transformed my life. Praise God. Thank you for sharing. Now, on the note of Miss Beverly praying for you, did you even know who he was when you were praying for him? You know, I had met him at a Bible study and j just, you know, kind of met him. And actually, this is just a funny little side note. We'd actually even been, he was engaged or going to maybe marry someone else. And I was praying for that person. Well, here I am. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so God has a real sense of humor in these things. And anyway, but my family fell in love with him. So we were all praying and interceding for him. Wow. Wow. But that we were just friends. Yeah. Special that now he's brought you two together and oh. you're following him together. Yeah. I love that story. 48 years, 48 years ago, yeah, amazing. <laughs> wow. So, again, we're talking about hearing the voice of God and some of some of us really sensing it strongly and it changing our lives forever. And so, um, let's dive into more of who the Holy Spirit is and when He speaks, what is His goal. and um, specifically, I want to move into, um, I guess if we could break down the Holy Spirit and what he does, there's like, for me, it's kind of like three categories. There's the Holy Spirit who reveals God to us. There's the Holy Spirit who, well, I mean, it's the same Holy Spirit, but he reveals God to us. He transforms us. He aids us in becoming more like God through conviction and through teaching. And then he equips us to serve as his hands and feet and, and to basically represent God on the earth. So if we kind of go down that list, we've already shared a few testimonies of coming to know God and being transformed. But I think in everyday Christian living, we're always hoping to be more like Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. And something that we're going to find as we talk is the Holy Spirit does do the little nudge. He speaks through his word, but the, the Holy Spirit's also very personal. 
our God is a relational God. And as we become, as we come to know him more, he also knows us. He created us. Um, but then he starts to speak to us in ways that maybe only we would understand. You know, you mentioned um, a song lyric really grabbed your attention. And I had this, I, I've had multiple accounts as a songwriter. I love lyrics and I'm really drawn. I'm just a creative, emotional being, but then lyrics really draw me in. I think like the craft of forming words together to say explosively big things in just three words is really special. And, um, there was a time that God used a song to really challenge me and convict me in my own behavior. Um, I have like, I can be really critical and it comes from, who knows where it comes from. I'm in, I'm getting help, but I have, I have, (laughs) I just have like this inner critic who is constant, you know? And so when it comes to discerning, is that the Holy Spirit trying to correct me or is this just my inner critic just like dogging me and trying to kick me down? I've really had to learn how to discern between those two things and, and, and know my heavenly father's voice so that I can lean into correction and then silence the lies um, that are spinning around in my head. But this inner critic, um, for me, it's like my expectations and my standard for myself are super high. And then ultimately, if I lean into that and I rely on, on that to, you know, run my life, I end up taking that same grid and projecting it onto other people. And then now for you, it's the same standard. And I, I've just sensed, I've, I've seen myself have a really critical spirit and I've really had to deal with that. And, um, where it really came out was in my romantic relationship. I've been married for three years to Joe. You see him playing bass up here. Uh, he's awesome. If you don't know Joe, you gotta know Joe. Um, but in we dated for three years. We've been married for three years now. But in our dating and, you know, there's a whole lot of this. I'm going to try to save it. But what I found was I was doing the projection thing. I was like, you have to be this tall to ride this ride. You have to say these things this way or it doesn't count. And, like, just the standard of expectations that I had was ridiculous. Um, and God really challenged me on that because it, it shaped how I would speak to him, how I would treat him. And thankfully, I had some girlfriends in my life who saw it and they'd pull me aside and be like, you know, that was a bit much or he didn't deserve that. And so he was using people in my life to, to, to speak to me and the things that I needed to see in myself. But then what happened was I was playing, I used to play keys for a local musician. Some of you know him, Luke Dowler. And I was playing keys with him, and he had this song called Good Enough. And every time we'd play it, I was just like, man, I love this song. I love playing it. It feels good. He sounds good. I love harmonizing on it. And one night, we had a live show, and it got to this song. And it had been one of those days where a girlfriend pulled me aside and said, you know, the way that you've been talking to Joe is just not it's not good. It's not acceptable. He deserves better. If you truly love this man, you need to fix yourself. And, um, so that night we're playing the show and this song good enough comes up and I'm like, yes. And then I start listening to the words and the words of this song are, will you just let me know if I'm good enough? Is it good enough for you? You know, and he's basically, it's, from a man's perspective to his woman, I will do everything. I will jump this high. I will go the extra mile. I will swim to Japan. I will do anything for you. But if it's never gonna be good enough, will you just let me go? And as we're playing this song, the Holy Spirit was highlighting these words. These words were like, I got off the stage like crying 
because I realized that was like, if, if Joe could have a song to me, would that be it? And it broke my heart. And since then, it's like, I'm going to do everything I can to silence this critical spirit. And I would say, and I think he would, I mean, you could talk to him later, but I would say, <laughs> I would say that like our marriage is better than ever. And I've really, thankfully for the Holy Spirit and the people in my life, I've really tamed that critical spirit. And when it rises up, I'm quick to catch it and, and put it away. So songs have been a big, a big thing that the Holy Spirit has used to highlight areas that I can change. But um, Jan, would you share with us maybe some other ways that God has challenged you through his word or even life experiences? Like what are some ways that he's highlighted areas of conviction for you? Well, um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says the word uh, God is God-inspired for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So the Holy Spirit has inspired. This is a Bible. It has pages. It's always turned on, by the way. And I, I love it. And so I was, um, once again, um, like Jess just shared, I was convicted about being judgmental by reading Matthew, and I don't know that we have time for me please, to please do. read it. Yeah. yeah, okay, so do not judge lest you be judged yourself, and I heard God insert my name in that. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eyes? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, a log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the, the um, log out of your own eye. And God had, um, God used that because um, a doctor told me I had a precancerous lesion in my eye. So I had been praying for healing and listening for him to talk to me about that. And he used the scripture to um, get my attention because the doctor said it was a lesion but Jesus said it was a log that I wasn't even aware of, and God said I was a hypocrite. Wow. So, my gosh, that got my attention. And so, how, so what do you do with that? Well, um, I began confessing that to be the case. And every time a, a critical thought or a judgment came up in my mind, I would imagine taking a nail and nailing that thought to the cross. And the truth is that God's Holy Spirit's at work in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I, I felt him at work doing away with that. It was mm -hmm. his spirit. Yeah. And, um, and you know what? It doesn't take too long when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you mm. for that to... Um, be taken away or healed. Yeah, I yeah, love that. So, praise God. Yeah. 
Well, and how many times had you read that verse before, you know? Exactly. Um, a million times. <laughs> but this time, the Holy Spirit didn't use a song lyric, but <laughs> something in my eye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the word, and I think that's just a testament to your faithfulness to the word to continue reading, because again, I think we can hear things over and over again, but God uses his spirit to highlight certain areas of his word to speak to us in the moment that we really truly need it. And so we've talked about the Holy Spirit, our helper, who helps us in convictions and becoming more like Christ. He reveals um, the spirit of God, the character of God to us so that we know what our goal is and who we're, who we're trying to get to know. But then he equips us for the work of God. And as I said, Pastor Lance is going to teach more on, on spiritual gifts, but I just want to hear um, some brief stories. Of, we're going to start with Beverly. Um, can you share some times where you know, you felt that little nudge and it ended up being a really impactful moment that God used you for. Yes, I'm, I call this one my Amy story. So first of all, I believe God's giving me a shopping ministry. How many of you ladies like that? <laughs> and I'm really, truly serious about this. Now, thank God I don't buy something every time, or maybe that wouldn't be so well. Goes over. <laughs> but truly, that's one of my happy places. When I'm feeling down and I'm feeling just kind of blah, I put on, I get ready, and I get out there, and it's like, Lord, take me who, to somebody who needs me out there that I can just lift up and encourage. Well, anyway, I'm going to tell you a story about how God can use us just on an ordinary day in an extraordinary way. And so um, I had been reading in my devotions that day, or how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news in Isaiah. And I remember praying, God, make my feet beautiful for you. And so I went about, I was going, we, I, we were in Missoula, and we were pastoring there, and I was taking, we were some ladies headed to Spokane to a Joyce Meyer retreat. So you know how it goes, you need that one extra thing. So I went to my favorite store in Missoula at the time, Macy's. So I hurry in there, and I um, get my purchase, and I start visiting with this gal, a little young gal in there, and I had found out the time before I was in there that her name was Amy. So she asked what I was doing, and I told her what I was up to, and I said, what are you doing this weekend? And she was really excited because she had met someone from the Highline area, and she was going on a date. And she was really excited because her ex, she hadn't been dating since um, her and her ex had broken up. So I said, that's wonderful, that's great, have a great time, I got to get going. And so I got out to like just the end of the section I was in, and I heard that little small voice say to me, go back and give Amy a hug and tell her you will see her on Monday morning. And I stood there and I thought, for one thing, I am in a hurry, God. I mean, I'm in a hurry, got to get to this thing. And the next thing was, I felt kind of like, that's kind of silly. I mean, because I had to battle that. And then I thought, well, I have been convicted enough by the Holy Spirit before that you feel miserable when you don't obey God. And so I decided, God, I don't care what this looks like, I'm going to do it. So I went back and she said, did you forget something? And I said, no, and I held out my arm like that and I said Amy come here and I gave her a big hug and I said I will see you on Monday morning and she said oh okay and gave her a hug and off we went 
So we returned from the ladies' retreat. It was on a Sunday, and I was watching the news, and it said that there had been a shooting down in the Macy's parking lot, and they didn't really know who much about it except the girl's name was Amy. And I said to Don, is that my Amy? See, I was already invested in the Amy I knew because the Holy Spirit had already put her on my heart. And he said, I don't know. So the next day, I could not wait for the Monday morning to come. And I was heading up to the hospital. And I felt that little nudge again say, go get her a pink rose. And so I did. And I was on my way up to the hospital. And as I was walking in the hallway, I thought, this is really ridiculous. Like, what if I get up there? And it isn't Amy. Like, it's not my Amy. And I thought, well, who cares? She's going to get a pink rose. And so I, when I got to the room, the, the curtain was pulled. And so when they opened the curtain, it was my Amy. And she's, her face lit up, and she said, I knew it was you. And I said, how did you know it was me? And she said, I could tell. I could see your feet. And I, my heart smiled because I thought, and I don't even think I had anything that blingy on that day. Um, <laughs> and I, my heart smiled because I thought, here God was answering my prayer. So I walked in, and I sat down on her bed, and we cried and hugged. And she began to tell me her story. And her ex was not pleased that she was meeting this new person that night. And so out in the parking lot, she was in her car, <clears throat> and he approached. And he, she rolled the window down, and he shot her with a, is it 357 Magnum. Okay, 357 Magnum. It went through her hand, missed her heart, and out her shoulder. And as we hugged and as I ministered the love of Jesus to her and salvation, I thought, it's Monday morning, and we're together again. And so here I was ministering. Now, on my watch, I, I asked Amy if she wanted to accept the Lord. We talked about how God had protected her. She wasn't ready. But that doesn't matter because I was the hands and feet of Jesus to her. And a little side note, she cried when she saw the pink rose because pink was her favorite color. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that story. And what I love through that story is you you spoke about you learned the voice of God through other times. Like it's not just a one and done opportunity. God's always speaking, always waiting for us to respond and, and truly partner with him. And had you not said yes, like who knows, who knows what would have happened. But then God's a God of relationship. He's a God of details. He knows us and even knows Amy and that she loves the color pink, and so you got her pink rose. I, I just love that, and God's constantly doing this, and it's not like Beverly is like this holy of holy person. She is a common person who has committed her life to the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord abides in her and asks her to do some wild things sometimes, and that's really the goal of this conversation is just to show like we are just, we're just like you. I'm just a kid, you know, we're just people, and God's using all of us, and there's an opportunity for each and every one of us to step into a knowing, loving relationship with God to where he can direct us onto these wild adventures and do some really powerful things through us to change the world, and 
Um, I'm going to finish with Joe's story, and then we're going we're gonna to close with an opportunity to really um, invite the Holy Spirit in again, um, because I think some of us, this was an eye-opening thing, and um, a kind invitation to come and know the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, Joe, I wouldn't say you're like the average Joe. You're just like a relatable Joe. So I want to hear from a relatable guy. How has the Holy Spirit used you and equipped you for ministry specifically? So after about five years of uh, being saved, uh, rescued by Jesus, I was going to a church of 200 and uh, that church basically it was all about the adults and the children were being babysat out back in a little building and our kids were 8, 10, 12 something like that and my wife and I thought you know what we, we got to find us another church we've got to find a place where the whole family can be ministered to and of course we do the ministering at home but when we go to church everybody you know so I, I, I pleaded with the Lord and said hey I, Lord give me a church that uh, everybody can be ministered show me this church and he said you start a children's ministry <laughs> I was like me the whiskey drinking bar brawler dude you know, that's not yeah it wasn't you know, I thought well I better ask this again same answer. You start, you know, a children's ministry. And you also look like a guy who really loves kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the time, um, only five years away from that lifestyle, I could barely tolerate children. Of course, mine were in, but, you know, everybody else, you know, I don't know. But um, so I said yes. And uh, so uh, the Lord had opened all these different doors on, um, <clears throat> on, 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 on training me and getting me ready. And, and it was a six-month thing. I really went after this thing. And I found Royal Rangers and Missionettes, and my wife and I partnered together to get this done. And uh, it was amazing. Uh, and I came to church, and I was, you know, that you wear a uniform like a military man. And I actually went down and got a, uh, a flat top haircut. <laughs> and everybody at church was like, oh, I thought you were, had a family. You joined the military? What? Like, and I had all these medals from all this training I had done. And it was disruptive to the church. It was during worship. They stopped and said, Joe, would you please just come up here and tell everybody what you're doing? You're distracting the whole church. Okay. So I come up and told them, you know, hey, we now have a children's ministry, Royal Rangers, Missionettes, and we were not Assemblies of God. We were the only church that had this program outside of the Assemblies. And asked the kids, anybody who wants to be part of this, and I got stormed by all the kids in the church, and uh, it was a huge success. And, and I remember going out back on the first day, all the dads, with their arms folded, leaning up against the wall, said, you know you're the new babysitter. And my response back to them was, I said, my God, don't treat me that way. So what God did, uh, and, and you know, and once it got started, all the kids would come to me 
uh, grabbed me, Commander Joe, Commander Joe, and you know, I, and I just, I would have tears running down my face because I loved these children. God changed my heart. He qualified me for the job. And all I said was yes. And it changed the church till this day. That was 30 years ago. Now the church is about the children. So. I love that story. And I think sometimes the reason we don't want to yield to the voice of God is because he might put us in uncomfortable situations that maybe we don't want to, maybe we don't want to serve in kids, but that's what God's calling to us. Or I don't want to go to Africa. So like, maybe I just won't talk to him. But, but a life with God truly is a light of a life of light and and power and confidence and peace and um, it's changed I know it's changed my life and how I work it's changed how I connect with people and even just like walking down the street when somebody passes I don't look I try not to look at the floor anymore I try to engage with people because I know that I have something special and if God wants to assign me to to just like say hey I just need you to smile at somebody today or can you tell somebody that they're beautiful this person right over there we just tell them that you're they're beautiful like there's opportunities all around to be used by God and it doesn't have to be extravagant missions trips though those are great too and God might send you on one buckle up but it could be just really simple it could be as you're parenting how are you going to handle your toddler's tantrum you know like like that's that can't be easy or when you're in a disagreement with your spouse inviting the Holy Spirit in I know something that I started practicing is if if there's something that I'm just not sure that I I know how to respond to or if I get news that I don't necessarily want to hear instead of like instantly responding because I'm a very emotional creative person I try to step back and say okay God help me before I open my mouth would you please just help me process this information and speak the right things I don't want to lash out in anger I really want to handle this with wisdom and the way that you would handle this and and so the Holy Spirit is to help us every single day and we're going to close with that and how I want to close now is we're going to pray but before we do Mr. Ron would you just give a final encouragement to our church of maybe what's next or if those are they still have questions what would you encourage them to do Well, the, you know, the Holy Spirit's given to each and every one of us. Jesus, you know, when we accepted him, we received his Holy Spirit. So um, be, be, be tuning in. Listen. Just, just pause. You know, we, we're so busy. If we could just slow down and, and listen and see what he wants to say to you. He'll, you know, you, you'll hear his voice. We just need to tune in. We just need to tune in. Um, and and then then respond and and I, I would encourage you like like small groups is a great way to to gather together and, and it, it, it's it's an experiment right we're all trying to learn to do this right you know sometimes God speaks and it's so clear to us we, we just know it and then there's other times where you know it's that soft voice and you're like is that really you I don't, I don't know you gave me this word or this verse I got or this picture or something you gave me and I'm in this group you know share it and in, in, in a small group setting it's, it's where you can pray together and you can try those things out and, and it's you know you can take that risk because it is by faith we're taking this right and so sometimes it's that soft voice that we don't know for sure and in a small group setting you know connect groups as you pray together you know and you're listening 
listen. And, and if he says something to you, then you have a small group you can kind of try it out with and say, I feel like God has given me this verse. Does this verse mean anything? Or I got this picture. You know, um, this friend of mine, this friend of a lot of us, Greg, you know, he, he sees things all the time. I close my eyes, I see dark. I open my eyes, I see you in front of me. I don't see, but he gives me words. Well, you know, he might give you pictures. He might get just a picture in your mind and then share it. You, you have to be in that place where it's, where it's a safe place to experiment. And so Connect Groups is a great way to do that. So be listening. That's the key thing. We just need to be still and listen. That's really great. Yeah. Thank you. Can I just share one little thing? Yes, just, please. Okay, um, I was just like when the Holy Spirit came into my life, and I don't believe like everybody has their different experience, and you don't have to feel anything to have a powerful experience. But I just feel to share that my experience, there was two things that happened. I felt like literally when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, I felt like the lid was taken off and that God was up there and just pouring love into me. I loved everybody. And there was such a love. And another thing I felt like, I, he equipped me. I felt like I had a powerhouse inside of me. And that has never, those things have, they've only increased. They have not decreased. And so my challenge and my hope would be everyone who's who's just sitting out there wondering if it's real, if it's not real, is just to just really think about these things. If you need love, the Holy Spirit's your, your go-to guy right there. If you need power, he is our confidence. I was not, I was a fearful person, and I was not confident. And when God takes our weaknesses and puts his strength in there, we become mighty vessels for him. Thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also, follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.